Welcome to the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show, where we celebrate the human spirit's remarkable resilience and courage. Stars Tina is your host. She is a life and health coach that uses mindset regimens and exercise to transform your mind, body, and awaken your soul. This show is dedicated to honoring the journeys of those who have faced unimaginable tragedy and loss, providing a safe space to share their stories and connect with others who have experienced similar traumas. Through powerful personal experiences and stories, our guests will inspire and empower you to prioritize your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. We believe that by sharing our journeys, we can find hope, healing, and strength together. Join us on this journey of discovery and growth where we explore new paths to healing and finding joy in the face of adversity. Now we invite you to get excited and prepare to be moved and inspired by the incredible stories of our guests. This is the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show, a place where hope, healing, and strength come together. Now here's your host, Stars Tina. Hello, 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 hello. I am Stars Tina, and I am super excited to be here to share my story with you. As you know, I have made a decision to do a podcast, and this is the first episode. In this first episode, I just want to tell you a little bit about me, myself, why I'm doing this. The name of the podcast is Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening. And The reason why I came up with the name is because it's a foundation of what I personally do. I am a global health and life coach, also a business coach, and fitness is my passion. I love fitness. I love it so very much. Sorry about that. I had to take a sip of water because my throat just felt really dry if you're watching or if you're not watching. Anyway, about a year ago, I thought maybe I want to do a podcast. A few people said, do a podcast, do a podcast. And I was like, no, I'm not doing a podcast. I don't have time for that. Someone even actually bought me this microphone that you see here. And in December or January of last year, I thought, well, Tina, you do have a story to share and I do change lives. So I'm super excited to be launching the very first episode to share with you. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I believe everyone has a story. I have many stories inside of me that have transformed lives and have supported women. And it's all based with the word traumedy. If you've never heard the word traumedy, traumedy is when the energies of a trauma and a tragedy collide. When these two energy forces come together, life-changing experiences occur. Usually they're not that good. Uh, Traumedy is something major. And I believe God has put me through many, many, many traumedies to prepare me for the biggest traumedy of my life, which was the murder of my 21-year-old son, Jamal Gaines. And I always say, once you've lost a child, life is never the same again. And I have learned from my traumedies in life that things can be okay. This incident actually happened about seven years ago with me. 
And when it happened, it really felt like a movie. I didn't believe it at all. I was at the height of my life. Everything was going great. I was a single mom and I have, at the time my son was 21. My daughter was a full-time dancer with the with an NBA team and life was just great for us. We were living amazing. Everything was great. And then one Friday night, about 9, 10, I got a phone call saying something happened to your son. So I rushed to Rawway and fast forward, I found out he was murdered. To this day, we still do not know who did it. I truly believe that that is on purpose, that we don't know who did it because the way things in my life, things that have happened in my life have unfolded, if we knew, then they would not be how they were now. So in this podcast, my goal is to bring guests on that have gone through some type of traumedy and share how they got over it because my story is different than your story and the way other people get over situations is a lot different and the goal is just to change the world that's my main thing so today i want to share with you how i overcame my traumedy as i mentioned it's been seven years and when it first first happened i realized at the moment as soon as i got that your son is dead or actually that wasn't the exact words i'm sorry miss your son is dead that's how i was told first thing i want to say if you ever have to tell someone that they lost a loved one, just kind of think before you say it to them. Don't just blurt it out. I remember when I was told that my father passed away, I was really, really, really close to my dad. I was in Bermuda, he was in America. And I called, I was like, hey, where's my dad? All oh, happy, happy, happy. Your father died. That's how I was told my father died. And it crushed me. I personally believe because of well, one of the reasons, you know, why I took my father's death so badly was the way that it was shared with me. Give you another example. When my grandmother passed away and I was really, really close to my grandmother, my aunt Donna, she was amazing the way she shared with me that my grandmother passed away. To be honest, she never even told me. She just kind of eluded in the conversation that it had happened. I, again, I was away on vacation when it happened. And I believe God sets things up perfectly. When my father passed away, I was not in America. When my grandmother passed away, I was not in America. I believe God set me up because he knew I could not handle it. So when my grandmother passed away and I called my aunt or she called me, I can't remember. I'm like, yeah, how's mom doing? Because when I left, she was in the hospital and she kept saying, yeah, you know, Tina, she was really tired. She was very, you know, she was in pain. She just kept talking. You know, and she said she was, she was, she was. So it was like she was telling me without telling me that she had died. And it was so gentle and it was so warm. And yes, it still brings tears to my eyes right now because I can remember it so clearly. And that's what's so crazy about this thing called our mind. I was actually outside my apartment when I found out I was living in Rawway and my daughter said she knew that my grandmother had passed away before it actually happened. And I was outside on the phone and my daughter said, I just threw the phone down and that must be my thing, throwing the phone down because when my son, you know, when I found out I threw my phone down as well. And she said, we just kind of went walking in the grass and kind of, whew, I didn't really think I'd get emotional on that. But the point of that whole conversation is when you tell someone that's a loved one of those has passed away. Just be gentle with the way that you tell them. 
So when I was told that my son was no longer alive, I knew clearly I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision. Was I going to fall into that pit of pity, of sadness, of sorrow? Or was I going to take the other road and charge and win? Now, I knew I knew what the other road felt like because when my father passed away at the age of 49 from a massive heart attack, and we'll talk about that later on, I didn't eat or sleep for two weeks. When you don't eat or sleep, your body and your mind go through all sorts of things. And I ended up in a psychiatric hospital for eight weeks. Not cool. Uh, Some other traumas happened in my life. So I knew at this moment, well, Tina, if you don't make a decision now, you're going to end up in the crazy hospital. I don't mean to say crazy hospital. In a psychiatric hospital, you're going to end up dead. So I said, no, I can't do that. So I took the other road. And in the beginning, I stayed focused. I worked the next day. All right, let's go. Let's go. I just worked. I just kept going and going and going. No, that was not the best thing to do. But for me at the time, that's what I needed to do. And for the first two years, every single second, you heard me, second, I had something on my schedule to do. And now it's I, I'm slowly trying to make space in my life so that my schedule isn't so tight like that. For example, I taught fitness classes at the time and I would get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, teach, actually I had to be earlier because I had to be in the gym at 5. Uh, I teach classes from 5 in the morning until night. I would go to three or four different gyms a day traveling up and down the New Jersey highways keeping my mind full. That was how I began. And then I realized, okay, Tina, you have to face the reality of what happened. You have to push through the pain. And family and friends and my daughter, who I just have to be so grateful, you know, especially my daughter, she was there for me. So some other things that I did to push through this pain, I think the first step was getting certified as a yoga instructor. Because I heard, you know, this yoga stuff, this meditation stuff is what you need. You need to be grounded. You need to be still. Tina was never still. And when I did my yoga teacher training, we had to take, I think it was like a hundred, I don't know how many yoga classes, a lot of yoga classes within the program. It was like a three month program and you had to take X amount of classes to pass the course. And for me, they had this thing called Shavasana at the end of yoga where you just kind of lay there and you have to be still, you don't move. I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. So whenever it would come to that part of the class, I would creep up and I would leave. And one day the yoga instructor, she says, Tina, you have to stay the entire time. And I would say something, well, I got to go to work. I got, she's like, no, if you're serious about doing this, you have to stay focused. You have to stay in class. That's the most important time. And I realized in those moments of silence, in those moments of quietness is where I got my biggest awakening. We even had to do fastings. Uh, we had to do meditation. We had meditation challenges, which started with five minutes and then 10 minutes and 30 minutes in an hour. And being forced to be still made me face the reality of what I actually went through. So the purpose of this podcast is to give you some tools, some skills, and some strategies to overcome that pain that you're currently going through. Uh, I'm going to bring my supporting partner in with me, Renee. If you see me around the 
social streets, you're going to see Renee either in the front or the back. Uh, so Renee, I'm pulling you through. If you have any questions, comments, you know, why I decided to do this podcast, go for it. Yeah. So I always love hearing your story. And I know that you were very, very close with your grandmother and your dad. So first of all, I would like to ask, because I've heard a lot of stories, what is your favorite recollection of mom? And then what's your favorite memory of your dad, like something you guys did together or what have you? Okay. So I'm going to share a funny story. My grandmother was hard of hearing, but she would not get a hearing aid. She just would not. I guess she thought it would make her feel old. She always colored her hair. If you've seen a picture of my mother, my mother has white hair. I guess my grandmother was supposed to have hair like that, but she always colored her hair. I guess she just never wanted to get old. So she would not get a hearing aid. I remember one time we were at the doctor's office or the hospital or something. And when you talk to her, you literally had to yell when you talked. Like, this is how we talked. For real, real. <laughs> when she watched TV, she would have the volume turned all the way up. So we're in the hospital. I'm like, come on, mom, let's go. We got to go home. The car is like, that's how I'm talking to her. And someone came over to me and they were like, stop yelling at her. She's an elderly lady. You know me. What, what do you, okay, Renee, what do you think I said to this person? <laughs> do you think I was nice to this person? <laughs> no, I said, she cannot hear, okay? Mind you. <laughs> and I started yelling at them. But uh, yeah, my grandmother was always so loving, so kind. And I guess the reason why I miss her so much is because she was so selfless. She thought about everyone, you know, she's from Bermuda, her sisters are from Bermuda. And if it were not for her, the tribe that's in America would not be here. I think she had seven children and then those children had children and children and children. So Lucy Smith, that's actually my daughter's middle name. And here's a memory I'm going to give you, Renee. I was in the hospital with my daughter and her name was already made, Divinity Ashley Gaines. That was going to be her name. And I was laying in the hospital bed and my grandmother came to visit me and she bought me this nightgown. And I probably still have that nightgown in storage that she gave me because I tend to hold on to things. And when she bought me the nightgown, I said, Lucy, that's going to be her middle name. And that's the middle name that I gave my daughter was Lucy. So that is probably the, the most, the best memory I had of her. She has a very high-pitched voice. My daughter said when we were in Bermuda, a lot of Bermudians have high voices like this. And that's how she was. Tina! That was when my grandmother was like, very, very, come here. I'm going to pitch it. Like her voice was very, very high. And my father, ha. I guess when he taught me how to drive, my father could do anything. He was from Lake City, South Carolina, which is a very, very small town. If you've ever heard of Ronald McNair, they were actually cousins and went to school together. And my father, I'm not going to say he thought, he could fix a lot of things, okay? He was a construction worker. He could fix houses, painting, everything, everything. And I needed my brakes fixed. And one thing I love, when I went to college, he bought me my first car and the car could talk. I think it was a Lincoln Continental, Lincoln something. It was blue and it could talk. Like when you open the door, it said, the car door is open. This was in 1990 because that's when I graduated high school. So I was like, hey, I got a car, I got a car. I went to Montclair State College. It was a college at the time, and I remember I was the only person with a car. So he was always giving. But there was one time, listen to this, Renee. So my brakes were going on the car. I needed new brakes. 
Now, my father would always say, I could fix that. I could fix that. And his nickname for me was Baby Girl. He'd always call me Baby Girl. So my father fixed the brakes on my car. Okay. Now, my grandmother, she was a very frugal individual because money was tight. And every Saturday, she'd go grocery shopping. But she wouldn't go to one store. Not my grandmother. She would clip coupons. And we had to go to at least three different supermarkets. We lived in Newark at the time. But we had to go to Bergen County which was about 30 to 45 minutes away just to go grocery shopping. She, we had to go to ShopRite and then to Pat, we had to go like all these different stores. So anyway, we're on the highway. And if you're from New Jersey, there's toll booths everywhere. And we're driving to the toll booth and I put my foot down on the brake and my foot goes all the way to the bottom. The car does not stop. I'm like, oh my God. Me and my grandmother in the car, we're just driving. We go through the toll. The car's not stopping. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? So thank goodness it was near an exit off the highway. And then eventually we got off the highway and the car stopped. I don't think there were cell phones back then. But after that, I was like, never again will I ever have my father or someone who does not work in a shop work on my car. <laughs> because you know your dad loves you. So of course he's going to be safe. But yeah, those are two stories that I that I remember about them. Yeah, that, those were pretty funny. Um, Molly, how have you chosen to tell the people I know, but tell the people how you are continuing his legacy today? Thank you. I actually have something here I wanted to read that I wanted to forget. So Molly was his nickname. Jamal Gaines was his name, is his name. And Molly, how he came up with that name back in the 90s when he was born, there was a DJ and his name was Molly Malls. So I was like, hey, Molly Malls. So to keep his spirit alive, to keep his legend alive, to keep him going, there's various things that we do, my daughter and myself. Because when it happened, I was like, his death will not go in vain. It has to be a purpose. It has to be a reason. Like God just is not going to take my son and nothing come out of it. So my daughter and myself together, we started a nonprofit and then we started sharing our story. I know a lot of people who lose loved ones and they don't want to talk about it. They want to keep it hushed. They don't want to say anything. And we were talking all the time. I don't know if we were talking because we wanted to find who killed him or for me, it was therapy. If you are my Facebook friend and you go back to 2020, Lord of mercy, I lived on Facebook every single day. And it was therapy for me. My daughter would say to me, mom, you have to stop crying on Facebook. I legit would cry every day on there. I'd be talking. We shared our story. And because we shared our story, people helped me. When I would share my story, people would write different things and that supported me and then I supported them. And then my cousin, Lisa, she had a friend who knew someone who knew someone at a TV station. And this man named Dan Bowen said, hey, I'd like to interview on my podcast. So he interviewed my daughter and myself on his podcast, a part one, a part two. It went pretty well. And then a year later, he said, I'm going to put it into a TV show or something else. And then he put it into a TV show. And then we actually won an Emmy Award for Crime News, 2018-2019 New York Emmy Award. The name of the show is The Tape Room. So if you go on the um if you Google Jamal Gaines, Molly Gaines, you'll see it all over the place. But we won an Emmy for that. Next to that, you see another trophy because why? 
I'm sharing his story. I am a part of Toastmasters and they have a competition every year. And a couple of weeks ago, I won first place award in the district or division. I don't know. Forgive me. I'm new <laughs> for sharing his story. But I want to read something to you. Uh, we started a nonprofit. And when you lose a loved one, at least what I did was I wanted to talk to his friends because I may have a relationship with you, Renee, and you have a relationship with your children with your kids, with your coworkers, and you don't know how those relationships are with other people. So for me, it was just me and my son. And when he was home, he was jumping all over the bed. He was screaming, me. I'm like, what is wrong with you? He would act like he was five years old. And he said to me once, Ma, because he'd always call me Ma, I don't know why. When I'm at work, I have to be an adult. I have to act mature. I have to act responsible. So when I'm home, he would just, oh my gosh, he was just doing crazy stuff. So I wanted to know more about him. So I started talking to his friends, asking them stories you know, about him. And then I wanted to know what they learned from him because so many people would come up to me afterwards and say, well, because of Jamal, I start, I did this. One person told me they went back to college and became a doctor. One girl started a nail salon. Another girl opened up a gym. All these people were sharing what they did because of his inspiration. He actually, I remember one time he bought a safe for his money. And he was standing on the end of the bed and he was talking to us. He loved reading something he never did in high school. And he was reading this Tony Robbins book and he was talking to us like, you got to do this. And he would always tell me, you got to meditate, mom. But anyway, back to my points. I asked his friends, what were some things that he told you that inspired you. So I went up to a whole bunch of his friends because we have a nonprofit called the Molly Gaines Program. And this is the Molly Creed. These are the things that he said to different people in his life. The Molly Gaines Creed goes like this. I will be legit. I will be a man of my word. I will do the right thing. I will have good customer service. I will present myself correctly. I will respect my money. I will take care of my family. I will strive to do better. I will do things on time. I will make smart decisions. And as I look at that beautiful face right there, it just makes me realize I was so very lucky that God gave him to me for 21 years. Because I, you know, he could not have been here. So I'm so grateful that I got to spend 21 years with him. So that's, those are some of the ways of how I uh, remember him is just by sharing his story, Renee. Anything else? Yeah, I just want to add that even in the darkest times, because we all have good days and bad days, right? Even though God... You, you, you no longer have Molly here on this earth, your mom or your your grandma and your dad. They are looking down on you, so proud of you because, because of you, like your platform says, turning those tragedies into triumphs have impacted thousands of lives. Like every time you give your message, everyone who hears this podcast you're changing lives so you are honoring them in the best possible way 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're listening to this, I do want you to tap in because there's so many things that we are doing together. If you think about fitness, because of my father, I run an online fitness boutique studio. We are expanding so much for seniors. If you're looking to find a tribe that's going to support you with your health and wellness, whether it's with your eating or your movement or your mindset, you definitely want to tap into that. We have so many events coming up. Uh, we have Juneteenth coming up in a couple of weeks. We also have a masterclass that we're going to be doing on mind, body, and soul connections to awaken the powerful, amazing person inside of you. Anything else you want to ask me before we get out of here, Renee? Yes, the sneaker drive. Like people can still tap into that sneaker drive, right? Yes, we are going to finalize everything this year. Last year, I turned 50, and because of Renee, she gave me this wonderful idea. I said, well, I want to do something amazing for my birthday because you only turned 50 once, right? I didn't want to do a party. I didn't want to go away because it's like every day is a party for me, and I always go away, so that's really not a big treat. And she said, well, you always said you wanted to donate sneakers to Africa. So last year, all the people in my circle, all the people in my tribe supported me and we collected 300 pairs of sneakers. And this year, my daughter and myself will be taking them to Nigeria to a school called the Wainina School. I'm also, uh, because of Maria, her mother gave a donation. I'm going to get bags made like this. Renee, if we can get that order going next month or this month for the bags. So it's going to have Molly's face here, half lion, half his face. And inside we'll have the sneakers in there. I also want to put the creed in there. So when we go to Nigeria, these 300 students will have a pair of sneakers. They will have a foundation of core values that's going to push them through life for their dreams and their goals and all that wonderful stuff. So maybe I'll put, let me put a link in here if you're watching so you can tap into all the things that I'm doing. And if you're like, how do I get through? Well, if you want to connect with me on any platform, it's pretty much stars, Tina, S T A R Z Tina. My website is elite stars, fitness and Instagram stars, Tina, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff. And you're probably like, what's with the stars? I don't get the stars. When you see my jackets, blame like the stars up in the sky, right? As a child, you know, did you ever doodle when you were a kid, Renee? Like doodle on paper? I did. There were things I would always say. I would always doodle the word love, but I would always doodle reach for the moon. And if you fall, you're still amongst the stars. I would always write that down because I've always had big goals. I've always had big dreams. And I always believe that you should think big times 10. Renee, can you repeat that after me? Think big times 10. Yes. You want to think big and maybe even bigger than 10 because your mind can do anything. So when you're thinking big, it just gets so much better. So that's why I say, reach for the moon. And if you fall, you're still amongst the stars. So if I say I want to be a billionaire and I fall and I'm a millionaire instead, well, it's okay. I don't know about you. It's okay being a millionaire. <laughs> if you think about it, if you're, if it's not possible, your mind isn't capable, wouldn't be capable of, of conceiving it. So anything Ooh. your mind can think you can achieve it. I agree with that so much. As they say, faith of a mustard seed. God put this idea into my head. He planted a seed right here. Well, Tina, you need to do a podcast. Why? So I can reach more people. Why? So I can share my story. Why? So I can transform lives, empower people, inspire people so that they can be the best you 
that you can be. I know the 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 pronunciation, the all that is all off with that, but you get what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. With that being said, this is the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening Show here every single Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is episode number one. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing it, Renee. Yep. Huh. With that being said, thank you for supporting me, Renee. Thank you all for listening. Please share this out to the world. And if you have a story, if you have a traumedy that you have gone through and you've turned that traumedy into a triumph and you want to share your story, please contact me. All right. I am Star Senior Mind, Body, and Soul Traumedy Coach, a person that's going to take you from good to great to amazing. And lastly, remember your vibe is your tribe. Surround yourself with greatness. Peace! And a lot of hair grease. Bye. Thank you all for coming.